This is most certainly true. Jesus Christ is the light of the world. He shines the light of his love into dark places, our world, our lives, our hearts. And his light chases away the darkness of sin and makes us to shine with his glory. And through his saving work, we will rise and shine to live forever in the glory of heaven. Behold the splendor of Jesus' love in this sermon recently delivered at Grace. A reading from Isaiah chapter 6, in which God calls Isaiah to be his messenger. In the year that King Isaiah died, I, Isaiah, saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away. And your sin is atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, Here am I. Send me. This is God's word. So I am a seminary student. I've been going to school, studying to become a pastor for a number of years now, but I have to admit something to you this morning. Telling other people about Jesus sometimes scares me. I feel a little bit weird saying it. I'm a seminarian. I'm training to do this. This is going to be my job in just a couple of months, but it sometimes makes me really nervous. I feel weird leading with that, especially since some of the seminary professors are members here in this church. But it's the honest truth. Can you relate? Is that, is that maybe how you feel sometimes? Talking about God in conversation, sharing your faith? I don't know where everyone in this room this morning is at with it. Maybe there is some of that nervous energy. Maybe some uncertainty, excitement. Maybe for some of you this is like your absolute worst nightmare, something you're just terrified to do. I don't know. I don't know where you're at. But no matter where you're at this morning, I want all of us to end up at the same place. Because no matter where you're at, good news makes a great difference. 
That's what we're going to talk about this morning. Good news, the good news of the gospel makes a great difference. It changes the way that we see our God and it changes the way that we then serve in his kingdom. Good news does change the way that we see our God. I think we need to start there. If we're going to remove any of this hesitancy about talking about God with others, we first need to think about how we see God in our own lives. We need to see God clearly for who he is. Isaiah, he saw God. He saw the king, capital K, the king, the Lord Almighty. The Lord is seated on his heavenly throne. And the train of his robe, his robe is filling the entire temple. And there's angels, there's angels flying around this throne. They have six wings. With two wings, they're covering their face. Two wings, they're covering their feet. And with the other two wings, they're flying. And from seemingly out of nowhere, from behind these wings, comes a piercing proclamation. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. Isaiah hears this angelic cry. It reverberates through his ears and it shakes the temple. The foundations of this rock-solid temple are shaking. And Isaiah is left trembling. Okay, what, what in the world just happened, right? I mean, one second the temple's empty. The next second, God in his full holiness, radiance, is filling the temple. One second, I assume Isaiah's just standing there, calm as can be, and then the next second, he's shaking in the ground, doubting his very existence to live. The words on his mouth, woe to me, I'm ruined. I'm a man of unclean lips and I've seen the king. Isaiah comes before a holy God and he thinks he doesn't stand a chance. I'm ruined, I'm done for. And notice we don't hear any pleas for mercy, no hope for forgiveness. It doesn't really seem like Isaiah right now is the strongest grasp on the grace of God. Sounds like a dark place to be. A place of deep despair. That's how Isaiah sees his king, as he sees him seated on this throne of judgment. And he feels that righteousness and holiness pressing down on him. I'm ruined. How do you see your God? That's a big question. How do you see your God? Are you shaking in terror like Isaiah? If God filled the, temple, the sanctuary here at Grace, if we saw his robe, would we, be, would we be crawling under the pews, terrified? I'm ruined, I'm done for, I don't stand a chance. No pleas for mercy, no hope of forgiveness, maybe not really a grasp on the grace of God. It's a dark place to be. But maybe that's not really where you're at with this this morning. Maybe you hear about Isaiah's little run-in with God and it doesn't really do much for you. You kind of just yawn. Maybe even think to yourself, who is this king really? What king? If, if he's really the king, 
He must be so high in heaven, exalted on his throne, because he doesn't really seem to be caring what's going around down here in my life. That's a dark place to be, too. Not one of despair, but one of disinterest. Disregard, we don't really care what God has to say in his word. And God's holiness, it exposes those sinful attitudes in our hearts. Maybe one day we're terrified, maybe it's the other day we're, we're shrugging God aside. But God's holiness exposes those attitudes. That's how Isaiah felt, is exposed. He was cornered, he couldn't go anywhere. He saw no way out. And so what Isaiah did see next, totally unexpected, unprompted, 100% undeserved. One of those angels flies to the altar, to the place of sacrifice, and with tongs grabs a live coal, flies back over to Isaiah and touches it to his lips, his unclean lips. And the angel announces the good news. See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away. Your sin is atoned for. The despair that Isaiah had been feeling disappeared. The terror that he'd looked at with his king is is gone and it's replaced with a genuine awe. Good news made a great difference in Isaiah's life and how he saw his God, the king, What do we see? How do we see our God? Where do we look? See his plan of salvation. What you find there is totally unexpected, unprompted, and 100% undeserved. The king left his heavenly throne and came to earth. And instead of being surrounded by angels, by seraphim, he's surrounded by soldiers And they're calling out to one another and to him, Hail, King of the Jews. This king, he has a robe. If you remember the scene, this purple robe. And as this robe, a train of this robe drags on the stone floor, it leaves a trail of blood. And your king, he walks to the place of the cross. The place of sacrifice. The crowd had shouted out, crucify him, crucify him. So he walks to that place of sacrifice and he's lifted up high and exalted. Gaze at your king there. In all his glory, grasp the grace of God. This is your king. He cares tremendously for his people. He came to earth. This is your king who came to earth Not to destroy sinners, but to destroy sin. How do you see God? Look up and see your king smiling down upon you. It's his redeemed children. Before you can share that good news with others, you need to hear it. You need to experience that grace. Isaiah had just that. He experienced it. He felt the coal touch his lips. And he heard the words of forgiveness. The same is true for us. You think about the Lord's Supper. And the Lord comes to you with his body and his blood. 
on your lips. Taste and see that the Lord is good, that your sins are forgiven. People of grace, I'm here this morning to tell you about Jesus, your King. For the times that you've spent trembling in fear, I'm here to tell you that that guilt is taken away for the moments that you've disregarded God, disregarded his word, I'm here this morning to tell you that that sin, your sin, is atoned for. You have a king in heaven who's smiling down upon you. Good news makes a great difference. When God declares the unholy holy, the unclean clean, the ruined restored, changes the way we see our king and it changes the way we serve in our king's kingdom. Can I point something out to you about these verses? If you pay close attention, there's one voice we haven't heard from yet. We hear from the angels. We hear from Isaiah. We see the angel fly to the altar, get the coal, come back to Isaiah, announce the good news, But there's still one voice that's remained completely silent. The king. The Lord enthroned up in heaven. He he hasn't said a word yet. But when it comes to the task of appointing messengers, choosing spokespeople in his kingdom, God wants his voice to be heard. It's that important. And so finally, at last we hear the Lord speak. He asks that question. Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? It's always intriguing when God asks a question like that. Think about God. He knows the answer to every question, so he wouldn't really have to ask questions in the first place. So why does he ask questions? Think about one of the the very first questions that God asks. Back in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve, they're hiding after they fell into sin, and what does he ask? Where are you? God knows where they are. He's not playing hide-and-go-seek with Adam and Eve. So why does he ask this question, where are you? Could it be that he wants to give Adam and Eve the chance to think? What had changed because of sin? No longer perfect. Could it be that God wants to give them the chance, the opportunity to repent of that sin? God asked the question. God asked the question to Isaiah, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Gives Isaiah the chance to think. What had changed? Not because of sin, but because of grace. And it gives Isaiah the chance to respond. You know, God, God sort of just throws this question out there. He doesn't say, Isaiah, I'm, I'm directing this one at you, but he just he asks, open-ended, whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And Isaiah responds, he says, here am I, send me. You know, from this man who was was just shaking on the ground saying, woe is me, now all of a sudden he's saying, here am I, send me. This sort of courage, this sort of confidence is coming from a man who now knows the grace of God. He doesn't even ask where God is sending him. He doesn't ask the details of this mission, he just says, God, send me, I'm right here, I'm your guy, send me. So the question remains, whom shall I send? You and I are hearing it as clearly as Isaiah heard it. 
But are we jumping up and down saying, me, 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 send me, send me? Or do we sometimes let that call go unanswered? And now is when we have to have that hard conversation. Why is it, do you suppose, that it can be so difficult to talk about God, to share our faith with others? Why are we so hesitant? Is it that we think it's going to be an awkward conversation? Because it sometimes is. You've had those conversations. Is it going to sound cliche, like these people are going through a lot and you, you talk about God and it just, it just sort of sounds cliche? Or maybe we, we get stuck thinking in this society, you know, we're, we're all about individualism. And so faith, when it comes to faith, this is really something between me and God. And, and everyone else, they kind of have their thing and they don't really need to, know, need to know what I'm doing. Or is it, we, maybe we think Isaiah is, is a bit naive. You know, here's Isaiah saying, here I am, God, send me, without asking any of the important questions. What am I supposed to say? How am I supposed to say it? When am I saying it? Who am I saying it to? But God, we need those details. We need those answers. Okay, but when are those genuine concerns and when are those just really good excuses? Wouldn't you agree there there finally comes a time when we just need to speak? We just need to talk. The same good news that we ourselves have heard is the same good news that we turn around and share with other people. In fact, God has given you a story to tell. It's a powerful story, your story. I was but a sinner, but now I'm saved. I was blind, but now I see. I was dead, but now I am alive. Tell that to people. It's powerful stuff. That's your king. That's your God. We have everything we need. The words to say, the people to say it to. And so this morning, you and I can say, here we are. Here we are, Lord. Grace Evangelical Lutheran Church, here we are. Ready to serve in your kingdom. Here we are. Worthy messengers only by your grace. Here we are in the heart of Milwaukee. Been here since 1849. Here we are. Ready to start another building project and reach even more of this community. Here we are. Ready to let the light of Christ shine in this dark world. Here we are. You can do it. I know you can. Sharing your faith, talking about Jesus, you've already done it this morning. I heard every single one of you say, blessed are they whose sins the Lord does not count against them. That's the gospel. You're about to say it in just a moment as we confess our faith. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord. You're going to pray for it in the Lord's prayer. Thy kingdom come. Kingdom work is going to be done through you. You're praying it. So these these words that you say and sing and pray here in church are the same words to take with you. As you get to be exactly what God has called you to be, royal priests, holy nation, special possession, 
salt of the earth, light of the world. You get to be who God has made you to be. So I still don't know where everyone's at this morning, how everyone's feeling about sharing their faith. I'm guessing there's still some questions out there, probably still some nerves. That's okay. Those may never go away. But you are standing before your king, your gracious king. He's smiling down upon you. And that's how I know we all ended up at the same place. Here we are. Here we are, Lord. Send us. Amen. Thanks for listening. To learn more about God's grace or to support this ministry, please visit gracedowntown.org today. This grace is for you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace.